Hello, SFFYAL listeners, and welcome to Backlist to the Future, our bi-weekly installment of recommendations from the deep and sometimes dusty corners of science fiction and fantasy. Because one show every two weeks is just not enough to cover all the books we want to talk about. I'm Sharifa Williams, recording on January 10th, and today... I am talking about a couple of backlist books that are on my TBR for the start of 2023. But before I talk about my titles, let's hear from a sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95 And she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo. This is one I'm actually super excited about. I liked Lee Bardugo's other adult fantasy books, and so I'm really looking forward to this one. It's set in the Spanish Golden Age during a time of high-stakes political intrigue and glittering wealth. It follows Luzia, a servant in the household of an impoverished Spanish nobleman who reveals a talent for little miracles. Her social climbing mistress demands Luzia use her gifts to win over Madrid's most powerful players, but what begins as simple amusement takes a dangerous turn. Luzia will need to use every bit of her wit and will to survive, even the help of Guillén Santangel, an immortal familiar whose own secrets could prove deadly for them both. So The Familiar by Lee Bardugo is on sale now. And like I said, it's a must read of the season. It's perfect for anyone who loves history, a little bit of magic, a lot of danger. You can get your copy now at LeeBardugoTheFamiliar.com. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo for sponsoring this episode. So I try to read some backlist books every year, not just for this show, but just because I feel like I have some catching up to do in the world of science fiction and fantasy, Um, and especially in terms of reading, for instance, the back catalogs of some of my favorite authors and also some classics by authors of color. And so this year, I decided to immediately put a couple of books on my list, one of which I've already started. But let's talk about the one I haven't started yet, because I think that this is something I'm going to need to dedicate some time to. And it's The Left Hand of Darkness by Ursula K. Le Guin. Uh, So you've heard us talk about Le Guin a lot on this show, She was a prolific 
author of SFF. Uh, her work in science fiction in particular has been really renowned. And the book, The Left Hand of Darkness, is one I've heard a lot about. Um, I've heard about how much of a uh, groundbreaking book it is, how much of an impact it had, how ahead of its time in particular the book was. And the fact that it was so widely read is kind of amazing because this is a book that follows a human emissary who is traveling to a planet, to an alien world, and he is on a mission to try and get the civilization of this world to buy into a growing intergalactic civilization. So this sort of union that's happening um, across planets. And so this emissary travels to this planet and meets its people, but it's this big culture shock because the people of winter have the ability to change their gender. So this is a book about a gender-fluid civilization. And this is all, like, everything about their civilization is very new to him. Um, and in order for him to get them on board, of course, he has to get to know their civilization. He has to get to know the people. And he has to find ways to get around his own conventional thoughts and beliefs and you know, everything that's been instilled in him from his own culture and civilization in order to bridge this gap between the two literal worlds. Um, and so just from the jump, the description is, you know, especially if I was a younger person, it, it would have been completely unexpected for me to see this sort of topic, the subject matter explored in a science fiction novel. I know that when I used to try to pick up some older science fiction books, I got the sense that a lot of it was very sort of stuffy and steeped in, you know, convention. It was just convention transported to other planets and other timelines. Um, but it didn't really, I, I never got the feeling, and I'm sure that some of this was just because of the books I chose, um, exploring the library and just kind of randomly picking up books here and there as you do when you're younger. Uh, but I, I got this sense that I wasn't really getting anything unique or interesting. It just felt like, you know, our world um, and all of the problems in the world put into a book that's supposed to be addressing something futuristic or introducing something futuristic and new and interesting and challenging ideas. So I was really happy. I actually looked up this book again for our recommendation service, TBR, and it reminded me that this book was out there and that I really – Every time I come across it, I've told myself I really want to read it. So I think this is the year I finally pick up The Left Hand of Darkness again. That's by Ursula K. Le Guin. Okay, my second title, which is my fantasy title, um, that is it's, – it's like a, a, gen, a genre mashup of historical fiction and fantasy. So historical fantasy – 
and it's I Tichupa, Black Witch of Salem. This is by Maurice Conde, and it's translated by Richard Philcox. And there's a foreword from Angela Y. Davis, which is wonderful. Um, and I actually picked up the physical copy of this book sometime last year. It turns out it's actually kind of difficult. At least it was when I was shopping for it. It's kind of difficult to find copies of this book at a reasonable price. I think it's not as in print as it used to be. But I think about this book often because it's one I thought I had read, but I am not 100% sure anymore. If I read it, it was a long time ago. Like I'm talking junior high perhaps, but I actually started it and it's a very challenging book in that it, you know, confronts um, racial violence and abuse and all of the terrible tragedies of slavery and it does so in a really, you know, it has, it uses the classic language. I know when I've come across books um, about black people uh, that are classics written by people of color, black people, it just uses different language than we use in contemporary literature. And sometimes that's a little bit shocking to me. And I definitely felt that at the start of Aitichuba. But this is a really interesting book. I love witchy fiction, as I've said a million times on this show. Um, this is a book that talks about, that sets spiritual beliefs of a different sort. Um, in the setting of Salem, Massachusetts during the witch trials. And, you know, when you come across or when I've come across books set in Salem around the witch trials, uh, you know, fiction or nonfiction, it is very much centering, you know, the white people of puritanical societies. And you know that there were black people around, but you don't really read or hear about them. And this is one story I realized that gave you that perspective. So it follows Tichuba of the title, um, who is enslaved on a plantation. She follows a love. She follows the love of her life, an enslaved man named John Indian, onto a plantation where she's taken in by a truly awful woman. Um, and before this time, Tichuba was free. She had some terrible, tragic circumstances from her childhood that left her kind of on her own, very much on her own, actually. But she is raised by Mama Yaya, who is a woman who knows how to work with spirits, knows how to do some root magic and to heal people. And so Tituba comes of age with this secret practice, this knowledge and these spirits around her all the time. And the spirits are there and they see what's coming for her. But Tituba, you know, She's a, a young woman at the time. She's a, a teenager when she makes the decision that takes her to this plantation and then takes her across the sea um, because 
the in, the woman who enslaves John Indian and Tituba has some vengeance in her heart. So Tituba ends up in Salem and is forced to endure this terrible situation where she is a woman who has had these abilities and who knows that the abilities can be used for good, but in the society she's found herself in, they are very much against anything that doesn't follow Christianity. And she's in this terrible position where um, she might be found out. There's going to be some terrible consequences to the fact that she practices differently than other people and she believes differently than other people. So I'm really excited to continue with this. It actually reads really quickly so far, um, which is, I think, helpful when a book has this much um, challenging, uh, this many challenging aspects to it, and it's it's a tough read. So I'm interested in continuing forward and continuing to enjoy this work in translation from Maurice Conde. And again, that's Aitichuba, Black Witch of Salem. And that's it for today. Those are my backlist reads for the top of 2023. SFF Yet is sound edited by Caitlin Brame. Many thanks to her for making us sound great each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you have any ideas for episodes or you want to chat with us, you can email us at sffyeah at bookriot.com. If you have a moment, please do review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps people find us. So we appreciate it when you do. You can find me on Instagram at Williams. That's S-Z-A-I-N-A-B Williams. And I'll talk to you next time. Bye.